It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everybody. It's May the 30th, 2019, and it's time for my private audio call tonight. Our special guest speaker is Kevin Michaels. He's been on before, but he hasn't been on in a long time. And I can tell he's got a good microphone this time. So, hi, how are you, Mike? Uh, Kevin? No, oh, very good, very good. Uh, good, good. What's yeah, new? Well, well um, you know, it's just like uh, helping people fight the Fed and uh, land takeovers and things of this nature. It's been very fun. and. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been getting, uh, helping people get injunctions against them from doing it and, uh, wow. you know, keeping them from being uh, injunctions put on them from using their own land. It's so silly like that, but. Uh, <laughs> mm. That's you know, cool. Uh, Feels good to do that when you're helping people and you're successful. Yeah, like it. it sure mm. does. <laughs> so. Know, Go into some detail on what you're doing, and, and also you have a new talk show call on Wednesdays. Yes, ma'am. That's at six thirty, and uh, we talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, Why don't you give us the uh, call ID? Oh, yeah. Let me see. Um, that one would be. Let's see. Know your rights, control your public servants, uh, control your government servants, foreclosure defense, credit cards. Uh, it's show number 413-2728. And, Four, uh, wait a minute, let me read it back. 413-2728? 413-2728. Okay, good enough. I got it in the chat, so anybody that needs it can go refer to it there. Cool. Yeah, I figured I'd pop that up there and start uh, getting out here and uh, having some fun with people again. And uh, good. You know. <laughs> yeah, there's I'll always, listen. There's always uh, you know fun stuff to do and uh, look around. It's just like we see. Have you guys uh, heard of the International Property Management Code? No, international. Or has anybody on the on the call? I don't know anybody. International property management code. Uh huh. Yeah. International pro. Uh uh. Who whose authority is that? Well, I mean, uh, what, what, I, I'd like to see if anybody knows. So let, let's see some people typing in here. That uh, you know, that might be fun. You know. That's International Property Management Code. Uh huh. Well, well, what it is, it's uh, it's back to the UN trying to uh, run everybody's life for you. And, great. Uh, you know, it's just uh, you know each of the, uh, the under the UN, uh, each of the the states within a country and and the, the counties are supposed to write law 
that that brings it in line with the UN. And that's a bunch of uh, crazy ideas there because it's nothing more than unelected officials, uh, you know, 10,000 miles away trying to tell you what you can do with your own property. And, uh, you know, it's just crazy, um, you know, and the likes, you know, it's just like um, you go to the land planning uh, department of the, the county or the city, and they're trying to implement stuff down there too. And um, all that is, is that's been going on since the uh, like the, the since late forties. Let me give you a rundown of what has happened with the properties in uh, in the United States. Most of you know that uh, we won the war with Mexico in 1848, and uh, California became a state in 1849, and under the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, uh, the, the 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 Mexicans and the Spanish owned property from northern Oregon all the way across to the the northern border of North Carolina in that fashion. And you can see that's quite a chunk of land, right? So essentially what happened was is that when we won the war and they signed the treaty, the United States guaranteed anybody that had uh, any grants from the Spanish king or the Mexican king would get the same offering to them, but they would have to apply within two years. So when that happened in uh, 1848, they had two years till 1860, uh, 1850 to file uh, for you know, their their grants from the United States, and they would honor whatever the land grants were from the Spanish king and the Mexican kings. Okay, so in 18, uh, 1850, what happened was is that the Congress extended it another three years because a lot of people didn't hear about it. The country was big, and they didn't have any... Uh, telegraph lines or telephone and they didn't have any flights where you could go from New York to Los Angeles in three hours and uh, the like. So, in fact, it it might take you a year to go from the Atlantic coast to the Pacific coast and you'd face a lot of dangers and maybe you might lose a letter or something and uh, or notices that uh, you're supposed to give out to people out there in California or you went around South America and that was a very dangerous trip. So, what happened is that in many of the Spanish land grants and the Mexican ones, what, what Spain and Mexico did is they gave thousands and millions of acres to certain people to control for the Spanish and the Mexican kings. And they said, well, look, you control it. You won't have to pay us any taxes. You don't owe us any obligations. And you can do whatever you like with it. Just, uh, you know, maintain it for Spain. So they did. Well, when these people uh, got uh, their land patents, starting in around 1850, and they've been going on since, since then, a lot of patents have been issued without any reservations for any zoning, taxation, or regulation. So that 
that went on for quite a while. And so the, the states, the cities, and the counties got together and figured, well, um, you know, we need to figure out a way so that we can tax these fools and we can control them, even though they re- they vote for us and we're supposed to protect the people and the property. We got to figure a way so that we can get around it because the Constitution, the federal Constitution, says that there shall be no direct taxation; it shall be by enumeration. So let, let's uh, do a little mathematical uh, example here. If government requires a million dollars per year, and there's a hundred thousand people. Okay, that are in that area. Well, let, let, let's put in there that uh, there's there's one million people and there's one million uh, dollars that they need to do. What is the equation of, by enumeration of of, of person's tax? It would be one dollar, right? So you know, because yep. there's a million people and there's a million dollars necessary for the government, that would be one dollar for everybody. Well. Would anybody object to paying $1 a year? Not me. I mean, great. I'd surely be glad to do that, but uh, you know, I'm not going to give you a percentage of uh, whatever I take in and uh, to support those guys. So anyway, so uh, there was no taxation essentially up until about 1930. So what happened uh, previous to eight, 1930 was is that uh, has anybody heard of the League of Cities, the League of Counties, the League of State Administrators, and any groups like that? Not me. I've okay, heard of the League of Nations. On the board? No, What's on the that? chat, no. I've heard of the League of Nations. Well, uh, go and type yeah, in. Yeah, later Google, turn. Uh, yeah, okay. Go and type in Google uh, League of Cities, uh, League of State Administrators, uh, the League of Counties, uh, and and things of this, and you'll see a whole lot popping up. Well, these people uh, were were promoted by each of the states, the counties, the cities, to figure out a way where they could tax people and become big, okay, because that's what the king was doing and every other... Uh, kingdom uh, up until the Civil War that happened over here. I mean, not the Civil War, but the the Revolutionary War against George the Third. So what happened was is that uh, for about ten or twenty years before this, they were all getting together and figuring out how can we get around the fact that these people we we can't take attacks from these people directly, and uh, you know what? How do we do it? Well, because essentially, since there was no reservations to the federal government, the state government, the county government, and the city government, what happened was is that they they all got together and paid people like lobbyists to go out there and figure out these things, okay? So what they did is they came up with a grand idea. What we're going to do Oh, okay, well, let me back up a little bit before we get to there. So with the Mexic- the Spanish and the Mexican land grants, 
before you grant it to them, you have to take a survey of the lands and the property boundaries, right? Just like it would for any land that you buy today. There's certain boundaries to your land, you know, going, you know, whatever it is. You know, there's a line on the north, a line on the east, south, and in the west. And some of them are quite, you know, they have a few dimensions to them, okay, that, uh, you know, go a few degrees here and there to the left or the right or up or down, uh, depending on uh, where you're at, whether horizontally or vertically on the map. So what they did is in each of the counties, when they got granted their land patents from the United States, they were filed in the county recorder's office. Okay, so um, what happened was is that they got together and they figured, well, this is how we're going to steal these people's money from them legally without them even knowing it. Okay, so what they did is they resurveyed the lands. They put it into what is called currently tracked lot and section. And then what they did is after that, after uh, that had been going on for 50 years, they started putting a, a PIN number on there and started taxing it. And uh, so when they started taxing that was around 1940. And people started paying a little bit. It was only a little bit because they figured that people would not object to that being low, like, you know, five, six, eight dollars for the year on the tax. Well, what they did is every year after that, they increased it a lot. Uh, I know uh, some guys down in Illinois that they didn't pay any tax on their property until 1968. Well, since 1968, it went from a, a few hundred dollars to about $6,000, and they're going to raise it again out there on them, you know? So <laughs> poor Illinoisans like Californians, you know, we're getting strangled by these taxes. So what happened was is that after they resurveyed it and they put everybody's uh, property in the track lot and section and putting a pin on it, they started taxing people. Oh, before that, when, when they resurveyed it and put a plat map out for the entire county, marking everybody's property on the map, they did not say that uh, this section that over here is subject to patent one, two, three. The one right net going across to the right is patent one, two, four, one, nine, eight, one, seven, six, two, thousand, two. Uh, you know, uh, 1986, et cetera, et cetera, throughout the whole entire county. So what they did is they left that out of there, and people started putting their legal descriptions down as lot, track, and section numbers. This is how they have fooled us. Okay, so what do we do about this? Well, what do people think we should do about it? Anybody on the call? You want to open it up a little bit? Well, there's a lot of people on the call, but they're listening. They're not, you know, nobody's Okay, got well, let's go them. ahead and hear some people. I want to hear some <laughs> uh, comments, okay? <laughs> okay, anybody have a comment, press star 2. That'll put your hand up, and I'll unmute you. <laughs> not everybody at once. <laughs> <laughs> well, anybody well, have... 
Nobody has a condom. If you don't put your hand up, we'll charge you a dollar, okay? (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Here, we have one. 407. Let me unmute you. There you go. Hi, 407. Who's this? Thanks. Thanks for letting me in. This is Patriot One. Hi. Um, uh, For the guest, and I I didn't catch his name. I apologize. Kevin Michaels. Kevin, um, have you uh, heard of Bill Monroe? Yes, I have. I love that man. He's passed away, and he taught me, uh, it's been 20 years ago, about the patent and claiming the patent. Um, Do you rely any on his information, or have you learned from any of his information? Say that again. It wasn't coming over clear. Would you say it again, please? Have you learned from any of his information that he's put out? when he was around okay well um uh the lineage that i uh have studied with is uh i started with uh, uh james denger he was down in orange county california and then the, in san bernardino there's a guy called harold hart and in san bernardino there's also another guy named bob schaefer well he died about two years ago now uh, r.i.p he was a great guy, and he uh, and all these people, um, they had very interesting ideas, and they never really seemed, uh, you know, except for Bob. Bob's uh, thing seemed to work for him, but he never gave up on him. I mean, that guy, he would stay up for weeks and nights on, on end writing up papers against him and just burying him with it, okay? Uh, he wasn't always on point about it, but I guess his thing was is he had enough hootspah to just uh, overwhelm them with uh, uh, so many papers that it tended to work for him, and they left him and his property alone. Okay, so um, what I've come to know is everything that I have told you has been due to my own discoveries, not any of these other people uh, that we have mentioned here. And... Um, uh, actually, uh, you know, we've uh, I've held some people, and we're in the United States Supreme Court right now, and we're waiting for them to come down with a, a decision on that. And uh, it's been about a year now, and uh, you know, these Supreme Court people—they're really crazy. But uh, anyway, yes, so what yes. it is is, uh, for example, uh, what you have to do is you have to look at. Um, the state constitution. Well, first where you start is you start way back at the Magna Carta and you work your way forward. You go to the Magna Carta, then uh, you go to, um, what do you call the the, the Confederation? Uh, what, what, uh, articles of Confederation? Uh, yeah, the Articles of Confederation. And then you look at the... Um, Northwest the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, and then you read the Federal Constitution and the amendments up to 10. Okay, so because up to 10, they weren't bastardized. Okay, so then uh, when we get up here to the 13th, what is the 13th Amendment? Okay, and I'm going to divert just a little bit, but we're going to come right back on point. What was the original 13th? It was uh, the original, to prohibit attorneys. Well, it, it was to prohibit um, 
Uh, what is it? Uh, Actually, there's where, where three. nobody could receive a title of nobility, okay, unless Congress gave them an exception, okay. So, what happened was is that the 13th got set aside, and they brought in this other one, which is uh, called uh, freedom from slavery, okay. So, essentially, that should have been the 14th. The 14th, as we know it, is the Civil Rights Act. Should have been the 15th. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But you know they tricked us and everything else. That led to a war of uh, federal aggression against the southern states. And since then, it's like we've been bastardized every which way and bent over and twisted around and rammed and whatever else they could do to us. And they have their hands in our pockets ever since. So, getting back to the land patent. And how you fight it is you go and study all those things to see what it says about taxation. It still says in the federal constitution that it shall be by enumeration. So if we have a million-dollar bill for the government to exist in all the counties and the state, then, and there's a million people, it's $1. If there's 10 million people, what is it? $10. No. It's 10 cents, right? Because if it's $1, you know, if, if there's a $1 million debt to government and it's a million people, that's a, a $1, right? But if we have 10 million people and the government's only needing a million dollars, that's 10 cents a piece. Well, who isn't going to want to give them that, okay? Nobody. I mean, you know, nobody's going to oppose that. It's like, okay. But you're not going to be buying new cars every day. You're not going to be buying tanks. You're not going to be buying bulletproof vests, surveillance equipment, and all the rest of this, uh, you know, hooey here. But uh, anyway, getting back down and reverting to this is that uh, what we do is we study the Constitution and all those things that I mentioned. Then what we do is then we go and look at the tax codes. The tax codes are very cryptic in nature, and most people don't understand those things, just like they don't understand the vehicle code and the government code and all the rest of those things. So when they're talking about taxation of property, what they used to do in the early statutes, as they mentioned, uh, classes of property. Okay, so we have, we got industrial, manufacturing, agriculture, residence, okay? And what's the next uh, form of property there is? There's only two. There's commercial and private. What's, what's, the, what's the next, which, what is the next one under residential? I don't know that. There's only two there. It's commercial. Well, hold on a private. second. No, there's more than that. There's more than that. It's called private property. And you see private property signs being sold in stores, okay? So, but people have forgotten about private property. So what the counties have done, well, the state has done, is that they tax residential properties. Residential is not private. Residential is like hotels, motels and things like that where people pay right. thing temporarily in a residential, okay? That would be, uh, that would be commercial. 
Well, well yeah, it, it is right. But <coughs> all most of those are all commercial because everything listed above private is commercial. Okay, so what they did is when they wrote the statutes, they wrote it for everything above uh, a, a private, which is residential, agricultural, commercial, uh, manufacturing, and industrial. Okay, and then, you know, from, and in order is that it, they increased the taxes from residential, which is low, to industrial, to being very high. So, and they never mention private property, okay, because they can't tax private property. So what they did is when they converted your, took your property and they rezoned all the stuff in the county and put it under the track lot and section number, they didn't mention the land patents numbers uh, and that the pro- these properties were subject to land patents. They removed that. And what they did is they, uh, without your knowledge and permission, said that you now have, a, you know, what they did is they, they made you go down and get a permit to build a residential house, right? And so, therefore, you put yourself into taxation because you're saying it's a residential thing and you built it for residential. Residential is like a motel it. and a hotel. What's that? You volunteered into it. Without knowing, yeah. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Everybody did, and since and when you bought it, you did not tell the broker and the buyer that you wanted them to put down that it's private property. It's not listed as residential on the deed. So therefore, you know, when they gave granted you the deed, you know, you just took it, and then all of a sudden you received a bill next year. Okay. So now, what it what we got to do now? is we got to go and start writing, you know, letters to these uh, counties and the cities and the state, whoever taxes your property, because it's different in every state. Some states have townships, some states have villages, and some have cities that tax your property, and some other ones have counties, and that some other states have uh, the state that taxes it. Okay, so... Depending on the state and the area, it could be any one of those or it could be a combination of those entities taxing you. So what we do is we start writing them letters and saying that, look, uh, none of the codes and the statutes allow for uh, taxation of private property. You have misapplied the taxing statutes on my property and claim that it is residential when it is not. Please remove that, okay? So uh, what you do is uh, you write them that letter. Give them so many days to rebut it. Uh, You know, give them a a couple of weeks. Then you write them when they default. You write them another one saying, well, look, you didn't do anything, and if you don't... anything to me and rebut any of this stuff with and show me the law that says that you can do this we're going to be deemed that uh, you've uh, committed a fraud against me been taxing me illegally and uh, you know therefore that uh, 
you know, you're going to owe me a certain amount of money because you're going to go and use the fee schedule on them at this point. And then may I step uh, in? On the, and then what you do is when they don't respond to you after the third letter, then you go and you take them into the court, okay? Usually the federal court. Why would we want to go into the federal court? Does anybody know? Because the land patent is federal. Okay, well, so, so yeah. Okay, so now, I think but, we got a smart I, guy on the phone. May I butt in for a moment, please? Okay. Um, Bill Monroe assisted the people in Anaheim because Disneyland wanted to condemn property and expand. And he informed them of their patent, land patent and land patent rights, and they got all their ducks in order and prevented Disney World from condemning their land in order to expand. He also prevented uh, Independence Township in Michigan when they installed the water lines, they started billing people for the installation of water lines. And he took the man, the inspector or the, the council and who is he? trustee or whatever Monroe? it was, Bill Monroe, and he took, yeah. he took on the man, Bill or Bob or Sam or whatever his name was, but he took on the man stop him from charging him fees for the water lines and Bill Monroe got his hooked up for free but they still charged his neighbors because his neighbors didn't know uh, so my, oh, question, sure, yeah. my, my, my question for you is do you have a step-by-step uh, uh, -step method to claim your patent well, the patent is already there. It's just enforcing the patent is all you need to do. Uh, and, right, but and you get, let me let, let's just put your question to the side because it's going to get answered eventually here. Because it's like we're only about halfway through about talking okay. about how we're going to go about this and do this. And those questions remind me at the end if I shouldn't uh, if I pass it up for some reason. It's like sometimes things slip my mind. So if you'll just you know, uh, I'll do that. Finish from I'll, where we were. We'll get into that. Okay. I'll, I'll chime in again and I'll mute out. Thank you, Angela. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, okay. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, yeah, that, that, those are all very valid uh, points to bring up. Um, so uh, we were going into determine what court we go into when we sue on. Uh, for, for these uh, property rights uh, to enforce our property rights. Well, the, the way that I look at it is we avoid the state because the state's got an, an interest because they're already screwing us all. So we go to the Fed based on a diversity. We go under there under a question, a federal question. And then, and, and, and why is this? Okay, so... Um, there's a lot of Supreme Court cases out there that are very good. Um, in a lot of the cases, in a lot of the, the, the authoritative land conveyancing books, they say that uh, when, when we're talking about deeds and things of this nature, they say that when somebody, uh, let, let's say, uh, I, John Doe, number one, 
give all my property located over in this area over here, this legal description over here, which is 5,000 acres, to Jane Doe number three, to to her, her heirs, uh, forever. Well, what does that imply? Does anybody know? Let's bring in somebody that can answer that question. Let's see what somebody thinks that language means. Let's bring on somebody else other than the first guy that came in on this. See if anybody's okay. willing to jump in. Okay. All right. Anybody press that's interested, press star two, and that'll put your hand up. There's a delay, so it takes a few minutes or seconds. Oh, sure. Anybody... No problem. We have but some I think it means... I think it means that you own it, and then your your family until they die. Okay, it's well that's what, that, that's it goes, a, it's like a perpetual ownership, right? Well, well, that that that's that's a good thing, but there there there's some uh, deeper meanings than that, though. Okay, so let's try somebody else now. <laughs> you know, I got a uh, I I got an email from. Uh, Paul Andrew Mitchell, he's on the call, but he's having a hard time getting in on the call. But uh, he sent an email, oh. and it said uh, it's a link to uh, constructionresolution.com. And okay. uh, it's got an uh, international property management code. It says the 2015 International Code Council, ICC, Model building codes for commercial and residential construction projects include the International Property Management Code, IPMC, which is designed to provide the standards for supplied utilities and facilities and other physical things and conditions essential to ensure that structures are safe sanitary and fit for occupation and use and the condemnation of buildings and structures unfit for human occupancy and use and the demolition of such existing structures as herein provided this and all other ICC codes are revised every three years following the ICC three-year revision cycle uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So see, this is this confirms exactly what I was telling about telling you all about before. Mm -hmm. This is the UN trying to come in over here mm -hmm. and tell us how we how to do things. Even though we do have a county and a city and a township that tells us how to build it when we go and apply for a permit. Well, let's see if anybody's got the magical answer or technical answer for the question that I proposed before. What does the language to Jane Doe, number three, I give Jane Doe all my property, 5,000 acres situated over in this legal description over there uh, to her and her heirs forever. What does that imply? What does that express? So does anybody know? Do we have any people out there? Well, there's no hands up, so uh, why no don't hands you just up. go ahead? I guess, no. everybody's, I guess everybody's stumped on this one. Huh? Why don't you go ahead and tell us? Okay, well, what it is, is it's implying and expressing a guarantee, okay, from the seller to the, the, the well, from the grantor to the grantee. Let's use the proper terms. <laughs> um, so what that means is that the it, when you get a land patent and it's to you, your heirs, 
forever, that means that the government is warranting the property to you. This is, and when it uses this language here to Jane Doe number three, I give all my property to to and her heirs forever. That means that whoever else wants to come in and intervene and try to take that property away, we need to go and bring in the federal government because they granted that property to the, the grantee. And under a lot of land patents, some of them had reservations uh, like re- a reversionary interest to like railroads. Uh, should the railroad become inoperative, that land would go back to the United States. But in most of the ones that I've seen, um, they, they they have no reservations for reversionary rights. And in fact, they had to, you know, like Jane Doe number three, to her and her heirs forever. And there was no reservations for any types of things. I've seen some reservations for ditches and canals on certain um, land patents and things of this nature, but never any for zoning, taxation, and regulation. So we go and sue the federal government, saying that these people are illegally taxing us. There's no reservations to to these people doing this. And we want it to stop, and we want an injunction against this. Okay, so now, let's get into the ramifications of taxes, okay? so. Okay, and just so you know, there's two hands up, so. Okay, so let's hear what they have to say. Okay, but don't lose your thought. I want you to continue on with the ramifications. No, we're we're continuing on. Yeah, we just want the questions (laughs) or... Maybe they just woke up and they went, oh, darn, I, I had that on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah, it's a, a warranty from the government. Okay, so okay, let's hear them. All right, go ahead, Randy. You've been unmuted. Oh, thank you, dear. Um, you're welcome. Anyway, so uh, now you're going through the court with some kind of a legal process, right, Kevin? That's correct. Okay. Now, can you name for me just one court? anywhere in the world, not just the United States, but just one court anywhere in the world that is not corrupted? Well, uh, that, that's the second part of our equation is how do we fix that. And we're going to have to talk about that at some point. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I have seen some judges that are more honest than others, but they're not totally honest, you know, because, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> and I have to say that they have financial interests in uh, making sure that y- your rights and your, your protections are not guaranteed by the government. You know, and they're just going to run right over you unless, you know, you have uh, wrangled with those people enough legally to let them know that, look, you mess with my rights. I'm going to take you to court, win, lose, or draw. I don't care because I got all night and day, and I got weeks at a time where I can just sit at night typing papers and just bury you, you know. But now here it is. It's like when you have these errant public servants, we have many of them, numerous of them. their minions is what they used to call them, eating out our substance. Okay, so what we do essentially is we sue the government agent in his individual personal capacity because the scope of his job description well, – okay, let's, let's get into something very interesting here. Uh, 
let's say that you're on forest property and uh you know you're driving your four by four down the road there and you can't make it up the road because there's a big giant bush there that prevents you from going over it and you don't want to screw up your car so you get out there and you chop that bush down and you keep on going well some asshole happens to see you and they try to uh um take you in the court and you know and make your life miserable and try to put you in jail for six months and charge you a, you know, a penalty and a fee and everything else. Well, in right after the, the federal constitution, uh, came about in 1789, what we had there is we had the first statute by Congress, which was had to do with oaths of office. And in there, it had three different oaths of office, one for the federal government, one for the employees, and one for the, the people in the several states. Well, as we know, we had the War of Federal Aggression in 1861, and they changed all that uh, under the Reconstruction Acts, and they... Uh, Congress passed a statute called the Organic Act of 1871, and as we know, they've made a constitution for the District of Columbia called the, the Constitution of the United States of America, instead of the original de jure, the Constitution for the United States. So, essentially, since 1871, uh, all of the uh, government branches and their employees became corporatized. And it's like we can go in and look at Title I United States Code and you look at the definition of the United States in there, and it'll say the definition of the United States is, you know, Washington, D.C., Guam, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands. It used to say uh, uh, American Samoa in Alaska and Hawaii before they became states. And it's in the territories uh, of the United States. So the key to winning any of these uh, battles against people like the Forest Service and the Fed in the several states is the fact that under the definition of what the United States is, well, uh, I'm sorry, but uh, Wyoming is not in Washington, D.C., Guam, Virgin Islands, American Samoa, and other places like that. You know, So you don't have any rights to come over here and, and play with this. And you can win any case just by using that, knowing that one definition right there. And they have to just get rid of it, and they don't like that one bit. Okay, so now we're going to get back. You know, because we can go on and on and on about all these problems that we've had and, uh, you know, lose where we were focused on. So we're going to get right back to that. So we sue them in the federal court. Okay. Oh, well, wait a minute. Let me go back and, and jump back a little bit. So if the definition of the United States is Washington, D.C., Guam, Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, American Samoa, and the the scope of employment for the United States attorneys, let's say, because they're the ones that are charging you for having chopped down the bush so that you could drive your 4x4 down the rest of the road, 
Well, you know, his job under the 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 his oath is there to protect you and your property, the people, and to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay, so does is it in his job description? Okay, so if it's in his job description of the United States Attorney, for example, to enforce all laws. Okay, so is it is it his job description to go and arrest you because you as a Wyoming were on a road and you chopped the bush down so that you can have the right of way on the road there when the road was supposed to be maintained for the Fed by the Fed so that the people could pass freely on there and unobstructed and unhindered. Is it his job description? to go and ticket to you, take you to jail, and possibly, you know, in prison, yeah, and take your property without a warrant. No, it isn't. His job description is to enforce the laws after he figures out what the Constitution says about that in the amendments, okay? And did you guys know that the federal laws do not apply in the states? Why do they not? So it's like all these uh, the federal uh, rules of civil procedure, they don't apply in the several states. The federal criminal rules don't apply within the several states. Uh, why is that? Because under the Erie Doctrine and under the Judiciary Act of 1789, it says that wherever uh, the, the forum state hosts a court, or any agency or branch of government in their state, they are required to follow the state constitution, the, the civil procedure, the criminal procedures, the customs, and the regulations of the forum state. So this is how you beat them out every single time, is you just bring these little uh, items up, you write it down, and you shove it down their throat, okay? And... uh you know, if you're a homo, you shove it up their ass. <laughs> anyway, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Moxie but, on uh, here is asking if Moxie is asking it, it, can you share or show proof that it works? Well, 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 we're not talking about proof. We're talking about ideas now. Okay. Right. Now, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're, we're, now we're gonna go back to the federal suit. Okay. So we're suing the federal government. And we're and, and we're suing state people in their individual personal capacities. So, what we're also going to do is we're going to sue their wife, their domestic partner, or their their people that they're you know uh, married to. Okay, why do we for 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 money laundering? Why do we do this? Because it's not in the job description of any government public servant to do anything other than protect the people and our property. And when they write you a ticket, they take you to jail, they take your property. What is happening is that that law enforcement officer, whether it's federal or state, has violated his oath, and therefore he's violated the the first statute of Congress, which requires everybody in every state and, 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 and the federal government and all their agencies to take those oaths. 
it's not in their job description to go and take your property and 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 hijack you and criminally charge you so it's not in his job description so he's getting paid to do something within his scope of work which is enforce all laws that are constitutional not the ones that are unconstitutional so you sue his wife or his a domestic partner for money laundering because he the guy that uh, puts you in jail <laughs> took all your stuff and wrote you a ticket is receiving uh, funds and he's giving it to his wife to money launder okay so now what 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 will be the result of doing that okay the the the, the result of that will be is that when you sue them yeah yeah i understand that um what it is going to be is uh, I was talking to some um, criminal defense attorneys, and I said, well, um, well, for example, how much do you charge a criminal defendant for defending him? Well, if the bail is $50,000, we charge him 10%, which is $5,000, okay? And I uh, said, well, how much would you uh, charge for a civil case against somebody well, we, you know, it just depends on what uh, the damages are that somebody is claiming. Like if it's a half a million dollars, we're going to try to get at least a 25000 to a $50,000 retainer and then charge them $500 an hour for the length of the case. So it I got me to thinking, well, if it's $50,000 because I'm going to see the guy for $5 million, you know, that guy is going to be paying through the nose, okay? So, and he's going to be scraping money to get it together. Well, when you bring his wife into it, the wife has no idea what her husband has been doing out there. Uh, but what you do is in the lawsuit, you paint the guy out to look like John Dillinger and Al Capone with the guns, badges, and gangs and make them look like the worst thieves in the world that, uh, you know, kill people when they don't do what they're supposed to do, and that the, their wife end up hating them, divorcing them. And when you see them, they got to go out and get an attorney to represent both of them. So basically what they have to do is they have to spend either their savings or hawk their house for a large amount of money and possibly lose it, okay? Because... You know, if they hawk their house and uh, they, they get a $100,000 loan on it or something and you keep them in court for longer than, let's say, a year, they're going to have to go and get another loan, okay? And they're going to definitely lose it because now they got a second on it. And if you can keep them in the court for three years, they're absolutely going to get divorced. They're going to lose their house. The wife is going to hate the bastard for what, you know, she brought him into, her into, you know, and... uh you know, and this is how you destroy cops and judges and prosecutors by doing this. Okay, so not to be spiteful of those people, they're just trained wrong. And the other thing is that their hiring policy for all cops and law enforcement is that they do not hire anybody with IQs higher than 104. Well, this presents big problems here because criminals their IQs are often well above that, okay? So if you wanted to stop crime and turn the country around, you'd want to hire the people with IQs above 130 and better. 
because that way they're not going to be out there, you know, uh, harassing black guys, you know, for driving around in Cadillacs and uh, wearing shirts that are baggy and pants that are down to their ankles and and looking all funky like that. And uh, but you know what, you know, people not... with high IQs would not want to be law enforcement. Well, well, that's that's the whole thing. And why do why would they not want to be there? Because if, shitty if job. they're having to do, if they're doing a shitty job of you know going out there and, and doing what the sergeant tells them to do, which is write tickets, it. it don't matter how you do that's it. That's it. They're told not to, to think. Go right, by the right. book. They're, they're just, don't think. Nobody pays them to think or to make right, decisions. Right. Go ahead. Right. right. So. So the hiring policy is is that they hire people with low IQs because they'll never question any of that bullshit because it's their job. And right, they, they go right along with it. All they care about is the paycheck. Yeah, and they, they, they pay very highly. And they pay these. Uh, Say that again. I said they pay these road pirates very well, so that because they pay them at least twice what they had ever be able to uh, earn out in the real world in a real job, and so of course these. Uh, Road pirates aren't going to lift a damn finger, and they're not going to question the authority or any orders or anything. They'll just do what they uh, are told yeah. because it's a gravy-trained job. Exactly, and and see, this is the problem that we have with all these people is because they're just too stupid to even know what the law says. You know, I mean, exactly. Uh, for example, they don't care uh, what the law says. They do what they are told, and that's it. All right, and they, and they're taught how to. Right, and they're taught like, like for example, like the driving license laws. Okay, the driving license laws only apply to commercial operators uh, transporting persons or property for hire. But you show them the vehicle code, and they say, "Well, that doesn't matter here." So, are you saying to me that you're required to register your car, uh, you know, for any purposes whatsoever you use it for? Yeah, that's their answer generally, right? And uh, you know, judges are assholes too, and. Uh, you know they're not to be trusted one bit, but here here's the um, I did this myself, and I know other people that did it, and uh, we were really tickled about this doing this about 20 years ago. You know we go in there and the, the the judge would say, well, you know I'm not going to allow you to talk right now. And it's like, well, what do you mean? I'm I'm the defendant over here. I get to talk all I want, you know, and you're not going to stop me and and prevent me from talking. Well, this is my courtroom over here. And I'll do what I want, you know. I said, well, sorry, sir, but you work for me. And, uh, you know, if you don't like it, uh, I challenge you to a duel, you know, with pistols. Let's go right now. And that fucker ran right out of there, you know. It's just, uh, you know, and then the bailiffs got all itchy because somebody mentioned pistol, right? <laughs> but you mentioned you want to duel with them, and it's like they run the hell out of there, and then they still try to keep their nonsense going. But that scares the living daylights out of them because we have different rights to do things, you know, and mostly it's a war on paper. And, uh, you know, and it's like you can choose any remedy you want to solve the the what what they're trying to to put on to you okay you can go and fight it paper wise uh, you can go and fight it by battle you can do it by taking out a bond uh, you know lots of different ways to uh, settle those things and yeah. but uh you know you mentioned uh, that you're going to challenge the guy to a duel and uh if you know whoever wins gets their way you know and uh 
<laughs> you should see the reaction that you get out of those people. But let's get back to how we run these these people down for property taxes, for example, because that's a big one. And not only property taxes, but for zoning, you know, where they say that, you know, you can't build this unless you build it to such a standard uh, and that you get permission from somebody and it, uh, you know, that uh, you're in compliance with international property management code, right? And uh, whatever else like that under the UN. Well, that's a bunch of baloney, you know? Um, so, you know, you have another hand up here. Okay, let's hear that. Okay, 424, you've been unmuted. 424, you've been unmuted. Oh, uh, oh well, maybe, maybe they lost sound. Uh, oh, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm, that's you. Uh, what was the question? What was, what, I don't know. You had your hand up. What did you want to ask? <laughs> well, that was from the last question. Well, I was trying to, ask, try to figure out how. The last question. You know, the express trust, he was talking about grantor grantee. Well, well, we're not talking about a trust. We're talking about a, a, an express. Yeah, guaranteed between the sellers and such, yeah. But right, you're, right, you're, you're right. applying a trust. And that's the well, answer I was going to put on there. It, it, it's a form of trust, yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, somebody's granting it. Uh, you know, essentially... You hit the nail on the, on yeah. the rough thing. You hit the nail straight on with uh, a pistol. It's going to come down to that. That's the only thing they Well, understand. we hope not, you know, but uh, hopefully everybody's got their 45 loaded, you know, and they're, they're whatever, you know, but anyway... Um, That's the law of the land. It's always been. And, yeah, uh, well, whatever. I mean, uh, you know, people are handling it different ways. And, uh, you know, the best way to do it is just destroy the cop by using the method I just told you and, the, and his wife and get everybody to hate him. And then what mm-hmm. you do is then you call up Associated Press and you give them a press release and, and talk all about it and they get embarrassed and they drop the case against you. you know? <laughs> yeah, it's too much money. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that we don't care about money. It's the principle, right? At least that's what our motivation should be. It's like, so what if we have to spend $1,000 on a press release? If that gets us what we want, that's beautiful. You know, so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's just like you don't ever run away from a fight because it costs you too damn much. I mean, uh, you know, I know people that uh, bought credit card debts. You know, for four or five years, you know, where somebody wanted two thousand dollars from them, but they couldn't prove the contract, so they kept on going. It was a war of attrition, you know. <laughs> yeah, there you but, go. But uh, you know, and it's just like, uh, you know, it just depends on what you've got going on yourself. If it's uh, too expensive for you, well, don't use it's a credit too- card, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the only thing. It becomes so expensive filing all these papers and such. So. Well, they just want you to cave in. That's why they invented uh, paying for to go to court. You know, in a lot of state constitutions, they actually uh, say that uh, you know justice should yeah, exactly, be yeah. equal and free to everybody, right? But yeah, it is. then they want your four hundred dollars when you file your petition. <laughs> 
That just goes to show you it's not a legitimate court or not a constitutional court. Because if it was, you wouldn't have to pay and you wouldn't pay. But anyway, let's get back to the land patent stuff. I like that conversation. And uh, you're helping some people with that right now, right? Out somewhere. Well, right. you know, I, I help people all over the world with stuff, you know. Come on, come is. on, bring it back to California. <laughs> you said you were helping somebody or somebody in here in the United States earlier. Oh, I'm helping a lot of people, you know, and uh, they're, 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 they're winning, you know, so it's beautiful. I love it. Well, what are they winning and what are you doing? You said something about being successful in getting injunctions against the state. Or was that the county? Yeah, yeah. Make, I don't. We, I didn't we, understand exactly what you were referring to. Well, you know, injunctions—they're just like prohibiting them from doing what they're not supposed to do in the first place, right? So it's pretty easy. Uh, I got some injunctions uh, not too long ago to uh, prevent uh, some parties from foreclosing on people's houses, and uh, that worked. Uh, you know, got them every single time we file them, and. Uh, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff that you can do if you know what the law is. And it's like, well, you know, um, you know, especially with foreclosures, the people coming at you are generally not the people that uh, are interested in the property. It's just some made up, uh, you know, some lawyer that made up a lie and uh, was in there. So, but, uh, you know. Not we, the real party in interest. Well, that's true. Yeah. So it's just, uh, you know, then we've discovered that uh, some of these you know, well, well, let's get back to the land patent because that's all fun stuff. But that's a, a little aside from where yeah. our point of, of the topic was okay. that we started on. Good. So, what it is is that uh, so we sue the people in federal court because the United States warranted the properties under the land patent to so and so and his heirs and, and successors forever okay so that's the warranty right there so we bring in the united states because they 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 put a a warranty out to you know john doe number one two is theirs and successors forever and assigns and uh well 100 years later angela's by the house and uh she discovers that uh her house is situated within the uh the land that they gave to, uh, you know, uh, Valencia Ventura de la Hoya Santiago, you know, in uh, eighteen in 1525, <laughs> right? So she's going in there and saying, well, she's got to pay $10,000 tax on her property every year. And uh, it's not fair. So... What we discovered is is that oh okay so the next important thing is is before you go to court and sue these people is to get the land patent that corresponds to where your property is go to a surveyor have him write a report identifying exactly where your property is on the plat map within the the, the rancho plat map or the u.s land patent and the map that goes along with that patent because for every patent there's a map showing the property boundaries on there and the field notes so what we do is we have the surveyor mark it out 
where the property is within the rancho. And it could be just a small dot somewhere on within that, that whole vast area um, on the plat map. Once you get the surveyor's report, then you go and you sue them, the state, the county, the city, or whoever is taxing you, okay? But before we do that, then we got to address some other issues. If your patent does not have any reservations for zoning, taxation, and regulation, then we got to figure out all the rest of the types of taxation that goes on. So if they've laid pipes on our property for gas and water, there's a tax on that too. So, well, why are they taxing us for using our property, you know? Well, they can't be doing that. There's a line, a telephone line on our property, so now they're taxing us for the use of the telephone line, for the electricity line too. So basically, we go in the court because they're taxing us on our property because they have installed a line on there and taxing us on that. So that's all unfair because there's no regu- uh, reservation for taxation. No matter what they put on your property, you gave them permission to put it down there so they could deliver you a service. And taxation was not one of those things. They're supposed to provide you a service without taxation, just like um, when you go to buy uh, something in a grocery store or a hardware store or anywhere else, it's actually the business that's supposed to pay the sales tax. It's not to be passed on to the customer if the customer does not agree to it. And that's in the Revenue and Taxation Code in California. So so we go and sue them, okay? We pointed out all these things. You know, we sent letters to the water company, the gas company, the electric company, the sewer, the city, the county, and the state saying, look, you're taxing me illegal because on my land patent, there's no reservations for zoning, taxation, and regulation for these things. And under Revenue and Taxation Code, it says that you can tax residential property. Well, my property is not residential. It's private so please remove the pin and don't ever send me a bill again. And besides, you know, when I bought the property in 1968, refund me all the money that I paid each year up until the present time. Or we're going to take you to court. These are all the correspondence that you sent. They sent you back a, a letter with a big finger coming back at you, right? Or they didn't answer you at all. And that's even better. So... You go into court, you sue them on those grounds, and uh, if you don't have a corrupt judge, you'll get what you want out of it. You know, and the United States will say, well, we don't have any jurisdiction over this because we gave that land away. But we look up certain uh, citations in, in land conveyancing books and other historical books, and there was no reservations for that. And, and even in Supreme Court cases, uh, they have mentioned that if there's no reservations in the in the patent, the state has no right to interfere with your property whatsoever. And that's been going on now. There's like 20 or 30 cases 
from the Supreme Court that says the same thing. And uh, anyway, so that's essentially what we do. But, uh, you know, essentially the United States doesn't have a, a leg to stand on. They don't usually want to respond. And in all the cases that I've uh, helped people with on this one, the government never responded back, you know, so we uh, essentially won the case. And uh, so if you draft your stuff properly, nobody's ever going to want to uh, do that. It's just like uh, with an IRS case or a franchise tax board case. And all those, uh, you know, cases there, IRS never responded, so the people got their money back, got their garnishments lifted, and uh, we won the cases in every sense. And uh, so it's like if you know what you're doing, you know, government is, isn't so big and city hall isn't so big that you cannot, uh, that you can never win. That's a big fallacy. And uh, so you just have to, you know, and, and I'll say one thing. Most people that don't win their cases, they give up or they run out of money, okay? But money shouldn't be the only object that keeps you from winning the case because you can file a case and not have to pay for it, okay? So there's lots of ways to get around that. But, uh, you know, if you, you know, desire help, you obviously got to help pay somebody to help you do that because they're not going to do it for free. At least most people won't anyway. But uh, anyway, let's... Uh, open it back up for anybody that's got any questions because we talked quite a bit about it and I'm sure somebody's got a question about this thing here that we just talked about. Well, there was a question here from Moxie real quick, wanted to know what state and what county. I don't know if you want to share that information. No, we're not going to talk about that, but I'll say that uh, I've been in Yeah, if it's ongoing, you don't want to have you know, you want to tip. if it's an ongoing case, you don't want to tip your hand. I don't blame you. you know, well, you know, the they thing come is, on this call and people, there's lots of people that check these, you know, calls out. And mm-hmm. uh, exactly. so number one, it's, it's happened in a lot of different states, okay, with this taxation thing. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, taxation is pr- probably people's biggest problem that they have. And the next one is is the you know government regulating you out of your property, okay? So you know that those are the things that um, you know it's like I know several people with commercial businesses, uh, and uh, you know what the county likes to do in the state is they like to send over their people to look for hazardous waste on the properties, okay? And uh, most businesses let those people on their properties. Well, even if you have a commercial business and you've taken out a city business license and a county license and all the rest of that, that doesn't automatically give the state, the city, the county, or the federal government rights to come on your property and inspect it, okay? And uh, what we do is that uh, when they do come on the property, you tell them that, uh, you you know, do you have a, you know, you ask them, do you have a warrant to inspect the property? No, I don't. Well, you know, I don't need one is what they usually say because it's my job. Uh, just because it's your job doesn't mean that your job supersedes what the Fourth Amendment says or Article 1, Section 19 in California under the Constitution here. So it's like, where's your warrant? And uh, 
you know, you can, uh, you can, and if they refuse to leave, you can actually threaten them. And, uh, you know, to defend your property, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. if you don't leave, I'm going to have to defend my property. And then it's like, uh, if you're not gone by the time you, you see that, you know, and you, and you do it like this, you see that, uh, you know, that, uh, that shovel over there about 20 feet away. Yeah. I see it. That's the, the inspector. Well, if you're still here, by the time I pick that up, you know, you know, you're going to wish you didn't stay here, you know. So the guy's standing there until he sees the guy pick up the shovel and starts walking to him. Then he runs the hell out of there, right? Well, in several instances, people did this. The guy ran away and he brought the cops back in 10 minutes. You know, like six or eight cars and, uh, you know, they... They come on the guy's property and he'd be standing out there and said, well, hey, uh, Joe, uh, you know, the fire marshal uh, says that you threatened him. Well, you know, uh, you know, Joe says, well, and he said he came on here, said he wanted to inspect the property. I asked him if he had a warrant for searching and he said no. And I asked him to leave and he wouldn't. So I told him that if he didn't leave, I'm going to defend the property. And I went over there to get the shovel, and I ran the hell out of here. So I figured that was the end of it, you know. And the guy says, well, uh, the cop says, well, essentially, Joe's right. Uh, You know, we can't arrest him for defending his property, especially if you don't have a warrant from a judge to come on the property. He said, well, he threatened me. you got to go and arrest him right now. Well, sorry, man. You get out of here, inspector. Otherwise, I'll be arresting you for criminal trespass. Really? And, uh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. I find that hard to believe, but I find it hard to believe. I, you know, well, that's all, because uh, you never did it. You never. Anyway, there's some questions here on the chat. Let me. Uh, uh, Uz is asking any input from the speaker regarding the transfer of mineral rights on private property. Transfer of mineral rights. Well, what, what do you mean by transfer of mineral rights? What's the What's the story behind that input. one? I don't know. He just typed it into the chat. Any input regarding the transfer of mineral rights on private property? I, I don't know. I, that's... Well, you know, I mean, look, either if you have any granted to you when you bought the property, that's one thing. But, uh, you know, it just depends if you got mineral rights when you bought the property. Well, you know, but the, or... when you go, when you get a mortgage, though, you give up all those rights. Because no, it, says right, it says it right on the documents, you know, that you don't have the right to dr- drill for oil. You don't have the right to dig for water. You don't, you, you know, and you give up that right when you sign that mortgage. Right? Well, in California, th- there hasn't been a mortgage signed like that in, in ages, okay? Uh, in California. <laughs> Mine was. That was, what, e- 1993. Well, I'm sure it was called a deed of trust, correct? Well, yeah, that, yeah. Okay, well, sorry. a deed of trust is not a mortgage, and, and sorry. we can Long look term. at yeah, I'm sorry, and we can <laughs> and we can look at Civil Code 2924, and it says that a deed of trust is not a security instrument. Okay, so if it's not a security instrument, that means it's absolutely nothing. Okay, and I researched that topic uh, going back to 1550. Uh, which is, and in 1550, they uh, made this new thing up called the Sestake V Act, okay? Yeah. Under the Sestake V Act, 
is where the, the, the trusts came from and were formed from under that, that uh, statute in England. And uh, that was somewhat during the Crusade era. And uh, a lot of the noblemen and people that were very rich, the king would enlist them to go on the Crusades and fight for the Pope, okay? And, uh, you know, what they would do is they use the Sesakevia to, to put their property into trust with somebody and under the provision that they gave it back to them when they returned. Well, a lot of people, when they became trustees of their properties, abused that privilege for 30 years. And many people, uh, many noble people and rich people and people that had uh, done very well for themselves down through the ages, they never got it back. So in um, 1584, they made it illegal for uh, people that were going to execute uh, deeds of trust to name a trustee a a beneficiary uh, and a protector of the property that was not anybody that was not in direct family line. Okay, so they made it forbidden. So if, like, like for example, how it's going on today, you you know you execute it, you make somebody a beneficiary, you make somebody a trustee. Those are the main uh, portions there. That and then there's a trust or you, uh, you know, grant certain rights to the trustee and the beneficiaries to do things. Well, that wasn't allowed, and it still isn't allowed because when we became a country and, and uh, you know, declared uh, our uh, liberty over here in 1776, and the Constitution happened a few years after that, uh, we imported those laws from England, and they're still operative in this country today, okay? So um, I presented those facts to a judge, and he was just absolutely flabbergasted, you know? And that's part of knowing about, uh, you know, land rights and property rights is uh, going and researching all this stuff so that you know exactly where these things came from. And it's like most of us have no idea what these instruments are about, the origins of them, and uh, the amendments that were made and the laws put in place for those things. So it's like we often get ourselves screwed and uh, we don't know why. But... um, you know, when it's forbidden in England uh, and, uh, you know, Congress never annulled that uh, and, and the civil code specifically says that deeds of trust are not security instruments and, uh, you know, but mortgages are, well, you know, since they use the deeds of trust, they figure they could screw everybody, but uh, it's better for them just to go back to doing plain old mortgages and keeping the note in the bank, you know. <laughs> There's but, uh, a question anyway. here. Uh, ML wants to know if he can get a list of the Supreme Court cases that you mentioned. Do you have I that on a website? Or... Supreme Court cases. I just made reference oh. to Supreme Court decisions regarding land patents. Okay. And and rights on those things. I already got a big list of those. But uh, Do you have a website know, or anything? What's that? Do you have a website? Uh, no, I don't have a website, no. <laughs> okay. 
But you do but, have a call uh, on Wednesday night, so you can go into it in, in more. Um, yeah, on we can call, do that. Right? We're, we're, we, we can uh, talk about all kinds of stuff. I don't know what the topic that I'm going to uh, bring up next week is, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, probably be something like traveling rights or uh, maybe IRS or something, because that's a fun one, you know. Oh, yeah, I love <laughs> that one. Listen, everybody, Kevin's call ID is 413 that's on Wednesday nights at 6.30 Pacific, right? Yes, ma'am. What's it, what's it called? Know your, know your rights? What is it? Yeah, exactly. Know your rights and how to handle your government uh, public servants. Uh-huh. There you go. What, what's that time again, Angie? 6.30. 6.30. Okay, 6. Thank you. So, anyway, it's... Uh, you know, it's quite a journey, uh, you know, um, handling our public servants because people that pin on their badges uh, at Section 45 of the Magna Carta says that they shall know the law, you know, not just to interpret, okay? So, mm. you know, it's just a, a sad thing that uh, these cops think that they can just go and harass anybody out here. And I don't know, do we got any cops on the line? I doubt that. Well, they're not going to admit to it if they are. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd like to have a conversation with them if they want to pop their head uh, off. Cool. Press star two if you want to chime in and ask a question. Uh, yeah, look, we've we're got... not going to hold it against you. We're just going to hold it against your training. You know, that's all. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, they're only they're only doing what they're trained to do, right? Jump through hoops for the status quo. Uh, yeah, Randy's yeah. still on here, and uh, the other gentlemen, 424, they're still open. Uh, their mics are open, so they can talk or ask questions. Okay. Anybody else? Press star two. Go ahead. Well, a friend of mine, I mentioned him a few weeks ago, I believe. Uh, his name was uh, Kent Yarbrough, and uh, he was uh, working with his wife, helping people uh, stay in their homes so when they're having foreclosures, and they, they were using the Credit River decision data. Mm -hmm. uh, they were making some pretty good bucks at, at it until Kent got cancer and died. Uh, oh, but um, yeah, he, anyway, uh, I wish he was here right now so I could go over some of the stuff that I've uh, learned uh, since I knew him, uh, or I should say since he passed. Uh, I learned a lot from him and uh, I showed him a few things. And uh, it's just a really interesting relationship that we had. Um, mm -hmm. Um, but anyway. Okay. Well, there's a lot of uh, uh, people that uh, come and go in our life, and uh, we, we really have to take a moment to be really grateful for those people that have led us yeah. up to this point. Really? But we also have to recognize that it was a lot of our efforts that brought us here you know, to this moment. And. Yeah. You know, it was all really a personal choice of each one of us uh, why we are here today and why we do what we do. And because uh, we have an open mind, we're not, you know, brainwashed to death. Yeah, well, it took me. 20, <laughs> it took me about 23 years to break through, uh, Angie. I was. Uh, oh steady, yeah, it's not. Yeah, almost not, daily. Yeah. Near yeah. daily reading court case after court case and legal opinions and just all kinds of stuff. And finally, yeah. uh, Kevin, it dawned on me that every one of those uh, documents I, that I had read had some kind of an element of fraud running through it. 
<laughs> and all of a sudden the lights went on. And I go, oh my gosh, there's fraud in everything. There's not a, a government, a, a city council, a church, you know, any corporation. Uh, everything runs on some kind of fraud or deception. Yeah, deception. Yes, they do. Yeah. Uh huh. And so if you expose that fraud, uh, shouldn't you win? Uh, so out of these uh, 23 years of checking up on all this stuff, I uh, formulated what I called at first the two magic questions, then I expanded it to three, and it goes like this. What is the exact amount of fraud that any man or woman has the right to commit? What is the exact yeah. amount of fraud that any man or woman has an actual obligation to endure? And then the third question is, what is the basic premise that is being operated off of in the instant case? Now, with these uh, road pirates, they come around uh, and they're operating off of the premise that they have the right to detain you because you're under some kind of a contract, which they are only presuming to exist. In actual fact, there is no contract because there is no meeting of the minds. Nobody gave full disclosure when you sign that document what you're getting yourself into, right? Well, uh, part part of the signing that document, uh, and a lot of people don't read it. Uh, I was okay. I was like I, years ago, early '90s. I went over to Arizona to get a driver license over there, and on the driver's license application, it says that uh, um, down at the bottom, it says that I have read. Uh, all the, the the laws and the manuals and, and the statutes concerning driver license, and I agree to them. And so I asked the clerk down there that was processing this, I said, well, uh, where's the where's this uh, statute that says that I'm supposed to do? Because it says I'm supposed to certify that I've read them all and I understand them and I agree. Well, where is it? Well, we don't have that. I said, well, uh, you should provide that to me, otherwise I can't sign this thing, you know? And, uh, you know, so it was like, uh, it was kind of like a wasted trip, but, uh, you know, even in the California vehicle code, it says that, uh, whether you get a, uh, an identification card or a driver's license, that you agree to service a process from anybody within the state and uh, in any other foreign state, you know? So basically why would you want to get a driver's license, you know, under those conditions? Yeah, Exactly. Okay, we have uh, another hand up. Go ahead. Uh, say that again. I said we have another hand up. If you want to take oh, it. Oh, okay, great. Who is it? 719, you've been unmuted. Hi, Angie. It's Idiote. Uh, Hi. I just, I just wanted to throw out um, a friend of mine in the city. Uh, built, he went around with the um, regional building. Uh, the head of the regional building department for a little while, and the guy he said he was going to build a house with no permits in in the city, and the guy finally told him he says uh, you can do what you want I have no authority over you, and he built a house with no permits in the city. He uh, he did run into then he asked for a utility hookup, and utility people came around and said where's your permit, and he said well I don't have one. And they said, well, we can't sell you utilities in. He said, okay. He's got bottled gas and solar electric, and uh, so it, it can be done. We just wanted to throw that yep, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really great. It can be done. And, uh, you know, I remember uh, 
a lot of people doing stuff and the inspectors would come around because people would pull a permit when they really didn't need to and it's like you know that caused a commotion for a few years because the inspectors kept on coming out until they finally gave up and you know whatever you know but uh yeah i mean that's the, the thing that you take on when you don't want to get a permit is uh utility companies they don't want to go and deal with you and uh, but hey that's okay you don't need them um you know, all you really need is a uh, good old hand. Well, you can use a cell phone now, and you don't even need to get a hookup for a phone from the, uh, you know, from the companies. Uh, you know. I <laughs> learned in the course of all that, um, you can put well and septic right on a city lot. And he deals with his. Oh, sure. he deals with, yeah. He deals with his septic. Different. He he cooks his off, so he deals with it a little oh. different. But uh, I mean, there's there's ways to do all that. Men have been in uh, cities for thousands of years without utilities. So, uh, can I oh, sure, yeah. uh, Can I say something here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I used to work for Southern California Edison for 15 years, and uh, not only does uh, Edison have the right to serve, meaning they uh, enjoy a monopoly but they also have an obligation to serve. So they can't uh, come out and shut your power off without good uh, cause, and they can't deny you service because they have that obligation to serve the community. So if you have a, way, a means to pay them, they have to accept your payment. Ah, that's interesting. Well, well that's why they also uh, offer low-income uh, payment solutions, too, for that also. And also, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Exactly. But I was, yeah. But it just makes total sense if they have the uh, if they have the right to serve uh, via a monopoly, they also have an obligation to serve. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, it's just like the principle: you can't shut somebody's gas and, and uh, electricity and water off in the winter time. Mm -hmm. well, okay. that, yeah. you know, until spring comes along, and uh, you know, in some states, I mean, you don't get out of winter till like late May, you know, and then it starts up again in the late September, early October, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. See, um, see, in the 50s, we did all those bonds, okay, those utility bonds. Those matured in 30 years, which is probably in the 80s, okay? In those 80s, we would just have to pay maintenance. Okay, it's like the Hoover Dam's already been bought and paid for. We paid for that. That's free glass. Maintenance would probably be uh, probably five million a year. Your bill should only be like twenty bucks. Okay, that should that's what it should be. And we're getting screwed. And all these all these bonds, they're going to Spain, they're going to Europe, all those royalties. Okay, so. You follow the money, you'll find out what I'm telling you about. And all this is fraud, like you say. And even when you have those soldiers with their uh, those soldiers with those uh, backwards backwards flags, that's being in fraud because that's a mirror image, and actually everything's a mirror image of what they've been doing. And that delusion is coming out. Okay, American flag being in in a mirror image. So if you ever, I always tell the soldiers that, so they know what they're doing and what's happening on that. So things are changing for this year. Lots of changes. Uh, hopefully for the good.
Hopefully. <laughs> Okay. Anything else? Where'd everybody go? What's that? I said, where'd everybody go? It got real quiet. Well, I don't know, but uh, anyway, uh, we've we've had an interesting little chat tonight. Um, yeah, I like the subject. I was hoping that uh, Paul Andrew Mitchell would be able to uh, come on. Uh, I've been wanting to talk with that guy for a long time now. He was here. He, he was yeah. here, but couldn't get connected for some reason. I don't know. But I'll have him on as a guest speaker, if he'll agree to do it. He's, he doesn't want to do it anymore, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, um, the, the thing that often makes people want to give up doing it is because you got a lot of people that that you know want your energy and your input, but they don't want to do any exchange for it, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's unfortunate, uh, but yeah. yeah. Well, well I share my yeah, I share my information freely. Uh, I got it for free, and so I don't mind sharing it uh, uh, with somebody for free. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm. Uh, I make my uh, exchange with people when I do actual physical work for them. Uh, but now if I go and I write up an affidavit for somebody, uh, which I have done, uh, I got this uh, guy uh, out of some hot water, uh, a former uh, worker at his place. He wasn't an actual employee, but he was trying to sue my friend for $5,300, uh, and he's claiming unpaid overtime, unpaid meal premiums, blah, 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 all this crap. And he wasn't an employee, so I just wrote up a single-page affidavit uh, stating the facts that the guy was not at any time an employee, that he was uh, a contractual laborer, uh, at-will at laborer. <clears throat> and uh, we went to the labor board meeting, and I uh, handed that uh, affidavit over to the woman, and she read through it, and she saw the guy had no leg to stand on, and so she kicked it out. Yeah, that, you know, talking about the labor board, that's very interesting. I've won like 35 of those in a row. <laughs> yeah. That's good. But, uh, you know, they're very easy to deal with once you figure it out. But, uh, you know, but, you know, that, that and, uh, you know, these building inspectors, they could be really a bunch of bums, you know. And, uh, you know, it's really fun handling those kind of people because they absolutely think they have a right to come on your property and do anything they want. Mm -hmm. But uh, oh, they're, low, they're low IQ idiots. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> They're too dumb to be able to think for themselves, so they just uh, operate out of this uh, bogus rule book. Well, they're, they're told to go out there and get them, and uh, that doesn't really work if you know uh, what what your rights are. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, uh, sounds like it's also, been a good call. If, I if just downloaded a docs. Thank you. What? I just downloaded a, a document that Moxie sent to regarding private property, land patents, and so forth. So I was just saying thank you. There's stuff going uh -huh. on in the chat. <laughs> we have a hand up. You want to take another question? Surely. Okay, Rick. Go ahead. You've been unmuted. Okay, we'll try this again. Hi, Angela. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Hi Randy. 
Uh, Kevin, I got a question here. Uh, I'm going everything you're talking about. I'm going through with a a, a road uh, pirate here uh, for traveling, and he wrote me damn near a dozen tickets. And I'm out here in the middle of the desert, and he keeps coming up here with his lights, and he's beating on my trailer and using my tools to pry in and try to get try to get in and get to me. That's another issue. But I had heard you said there a while ago that. these public, you know, they're public servants and hold them the task. And I was uh, listening to Rod uh, 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 class there, and he was saying that, you know, he had success here with the Supreme Court ruling and that the Tenth Circuit Court ruled that they're, uh, or they, they, they uh, uh admitted that they are private corporations and that the uh, police officer is a private contractor. Now, how do you believe that that would be different from public servants? Well, the thing is, is they take an oath as a public servant, but they, uh, under the Organic Act, uh, everything changed in 1871, uh, especially for the federal people. And as you'll notice is that each of the... uh, the counties in the states, they got uh, federal ID numbers for taxes, so that means that they're under the Organic Act as an extension of Washington, D.C. So essentially, none of them have uh, immunity of any sort since they're acting in a corporate capacity. They all got uh, uh, done numbers, and uh, you know, they, they, a lot of them have incorporated uh things like this right so this is this is why they don't but the most important thing is is if they're a public servant then they were elected or appointed and they took an oath that's the biggest obligation they have right there whether they're corporate or not so you know they they can go around posing as as a uh as a public servant in a corporate capacity that just makes it easier for me to tear them apart and you too, you know, because uh, essentially they think that they can get away with anything because, you know, it's just like the schoolyard bully. Hey, man, give me a dollar. Well, why should I give you a dollar, you know? Well, because I yes, told sir. you to, otherwise I'm going to beat you up, you know, after school. You know, it's like... That's pretty, that's pretty much how it's so, going but, on right here, like right now. With You know, he's been doing this. It's been going on almost a year now. And, well, uh, where are you, you know, in the high desert? You said you're in a desert or something? I'm in the San Luis Valley, you know. Uh, Where's that? I'm lucky they don't have it. Uh, that's in Colorado, southern, uh, oh, south okay. central Colorado. And uh, they just do what they want out here. I mean, they, you know, I, I, I don't have no neighbors. I could walk around in my birthday suit with a bullhorn and no one would hear me. <laughs> uh but they come up here and, you know, and they're doing this. And I just now found out, well, several months ago, my father had passed. And we opened a welding company back in 76. It's been about 50 years. And uh, now these attorneys are trying to uh, grab all my uh, 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 my inheritance. And I just now found out today that uh, there's no attorneys that will take, take the uh, – because I have siblings – and there's no attorney that can have a million-dollar bond because there's a million dollars worth of assets. And uh, 
I don't know how how to get around that. You know, I have to find an attorney that's going to have to have a, a million-dollar bond in order to even take the case. And I guess this girl girlfriend that was with my father at the time, uh, she's claiming that she my father had given her all, everything. And these attorneys that she's hired are trying to take all that. And, but in the meantime, I've got these damn road uh, pirates keeping me uh, confined to this piece of property here, and I can't get out to do any mail or anything, you know. So I don't know if there's some kind of a fraud going on with that. But uh, I just didn't know. That was one thing I heard Rod Class had said there that uh, that the uh, that they're a private corporation and uh, private contractors that they're not public. That the Tenth Circuit Court, you know, uh, ruled that that's what they are. So if they're private contractors and they're private corporations, well, how can you go after go at them in the public then? Well, you go and sue them in the federal court or the state court in their individual yeah. personal capacities. That's what you do. Okay. Well, I'll look forward. I'll try to get on your show on Wednesday. Maybe we can talk more about it then. Well, you know, it's just, you can go over there and, you know, it's got my email over there and you can contact me that way. Put your phone in if you want, you know. Okay. okay. All right. But the thing is that what I did is like every time a cop kept me any longer than I wanted to stay with the cop, I was told him, look, if you harass me or keep me any longer than when I desire to go, I'm going to see you in federal court next week. Oh, well, go right ahead. Let's see what you got, big guy. Well, I see him in court in a month because, you know, shoot him. And uh, they didn't like it one bit. You know, they're having to pay instead of the department, right? You never sue a cop or a city attorney in their official capacity. You always sue them for their uh, personal individual capacity because they stepped over their their job description, and uh, that's where we nail them. It's like uh, the last cop interaction I had it was a uh, several years ago. Uh, they wanted my name, so I told them, you know, and uh, you know, then they asked me for my birthday. I said, "Well, that's private information. We're not going there," you know. So three of them bum rushed me, and. Uh, you know, they said, uh, they, then they uh, put put their little uh, cuffs on me and put me in the back of their car, and they asked me, uh, well, uh, you know, you don't come up in DMV, you know? Well, that's perfect. I don't want it to, you know? And then uh, they said, well, how come you don't got a drug one? Don't want one, don't need it. And uh, that just baffled them. Well, how do you cash chips, you know? I said, well, that's my my business, you know. That's on a need to know, and you don't need to know, you know. And uh, so they finally asked me if I was ever arrested, so I told them where, and they looked it up, and on the screen came this big old do not detain sign on there, and they had to scroll the information behind there. And the guy that I was with at the time, uh, the guy, the cop went over there and said, hey, uh, do you know who Kevin is? Yeah, I know who Kevin is. Well, do you really know who he is? Well... How can anybody know who anybody really is, you know? 
And the cop says, well, do you know he likes to see judges, prosecutors, and cops, and anybody else in in court and uh, put liens on them and all that stuff? And and, uh, the guy said, well, you mean for uh, defending his rights against what what you guys do wrong? I see nothing wrong with that. He says, well, we don't want to be sued, and we don't need it, and he's out of here, man. (laughs) So they, they took me out of the car. It went from being confident that I must be uh, on somebody's wanted list, you know, at the top, because I wouldn't tell them anything, right? And uh, they said, well, I, I see that uh, you've done this before. And I said, well, you know, when I was in the back of the car, and I said, look, I, I suggest that whatever you're contemplating on doing, that you just forget about it, because, and, and you'll be happier, okay? <laughs> and I and I didn't say fuck you pig, you know, and didn't get all right with the guy. I just said it in a real nice undertone, and uh, that really affected him. His confidence got so shook up by that, and also it said uh, do not get any closer than fifty feet at all at any time from this guy, you know. So there's orders out there for them to do this. So it's like really beautiful, you know, but uh, it took me years and years to play with him in court to get that. And uh, That's what I want to do. I want to be on that do not detain, do not molest list. Well, see, the thing is, is like uh, these people, they see me driving around in cars without plates on them and whatever. And it's just like, oh, well, there goes Kevin, man. Oh, fuck him. We're not going to bother with him. He's like. He's like an atomic bomb ready to go off with us, you know? <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, so, you know, I made it, you know, it's like they stole several of my cars and my pickups and all kinds of stuff like that. And uh, they stole lots of personal property. And uh, I, I just started suing them and all that nonsense stopped, you know, because they realized that. You know, everybody else you can get a ticket to and uh, they'll pay a fine and they'll get right in line. Well, Kevin doesn't, man. <laughs> you tell him to get in line, he's most likely going to punch you in the nose. <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, the, the old thing is is that, uh, you know, I'd rather be feared than loved by cops. <laughs> you know, but of course, you know, with loved ones, we want them to love us more than fear us because... <laughs> You know what that implies, right? But uh, anyway, so yeah, it just it, it's an effort, whatever you do in life. But you can make it easier on yourself. It's like the the way I did it. It was like the long way around, but it ultimately put me in the best uh, seat in the house. Uh, I, I've even traveled, uh, gotten on airlines without a passport and a driver license, and went everywhere I wanted. Is only when I stepped back into the country that they gave me the 20 questions in the uh, the hour and a half at the uh, the checkpoint at secondary, you know. So, <laughs> you know, you can do it without all that stuff. They just try to scare you into to getting in their jurisdiction by getting a license and all that other crazy stuff, right? So, you know, that's where we are with it. Um, yeah, that's true. The first one is. <laughs> Get it out of your out of your system that you're a slave. Once you start. Well, uh, this is what I would recommend everybody do. Um, cops have a real respect for authority figures, 
Um, so what I would do is I would go on YouTube and uh, go and look up uh, Marine DI versus New Recruit, right? And you learn how to be the Marine DI. <laughs> and every time a cop gets close to you, you'd start talking to him like the Marine Master Sergeant there. <laughs> that works. But do you have the balls to do it? That's the question. <laughs> well, if you have the law on your side, you know, then that's what counts. What's that now? I said if, if you have the law on your side, you know, the, well, the, the, the real law, the common law, not the, the made-up uh, uh, garbage that we're forced to live under. But if you have the facts and the logic to back up your position, that's all you need. Well, remember one thing somebody, I can... Like the number one thing, what 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 is the law in the country? Okay, number one, God creates all the law, you know the the natural law, and then second, man creates law, and it's supposed to be in line uh, with with God's law. Okay, exactly. And and so so the next step is is that you do learn what what the laws is that they're they're doing so you can ram it down their throat because generally they misapply all those laws anyway. Uh, for example, uh, and I'm sure lots of people know about this. What is what is the act of jaywalking? Can you anybody tell me that one? Well, I believe it means crossing uh, a street not at an intersection. And the reason they were called Jays is that Jay was a slang term for somebody who came off the farm into a city and they'd never been in the city before. And they'd be looking at these buildings and I mean, gosh, some of these buildings are two stories high and they'd never seen anything more than one story high out on the farm, except maybe a silo. Uh, and so they, they called these uh, uh, local yokels uh, a Jay. And so these Jays, they'd be stumbling around looking at the streets, looking at everything, not watching where they're going. They'd cross the street and, you know. Uh, in an in uh, an inappropriate place, they get hit by a horse and buggy or whatever. Well, jaywalking may refer to that in in a in one sense, and I could see that because that would sound like common sense. You'd be looking around and walking out in the street to look up at the tall building, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it, it's been highly uh, misappropriated that term. It's like when you cross from one side of the street to another side of the street to get to another property on the other side, that's called right-of-way, whether you're at an intersection or not, okay? That's right-of-way. And everybody has the right to go from one side of the street to the other without going down to the crosswalk. Okay, okay. so now, but they mistermed that jaywalking. Well, uh, if you can imagine it in your mind that, let's say you're, you're looking at oncoming traffic coming to you, right? And the car is getting fairly close to you. And what you do to taunt the car, you jump out in the middle of the street and you run back to the pretty close to where you started out. That's a jaywalk, okay? And that's called a nuisance, being a nuisance, right? Because somebody could swerve out of the way to keep from hitting you and hit another motorist coming the other way or another one going the same way, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or slam on the brakes and somebody hits him. So essentially a jaywalking is not crossing 
uh, where there's no crosswalk because that's the right of way. They just hijacked that term uh, to use it for somebody that was taunting traffic and commit, uh, you know, being a committing public nuisance out on the street and the highway, into, you know, somebody just exercising their right of way to go from one property to the other, or you know, and things like that. So uh, that's that's what jaywalking essentially is, and that's like. Uh, you know, jaywalking doesn't make any sense, but and the reason why they nail you on it and you pay and maybe go to jail for a day or two or a week or whatever they say it is, is because you don't know what the law is uh, concerning property rights, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we we got to learn all these things, and uh, you know, some well, of I've us have learned yeah, well, I've learned quite a lot. I said I've learned quite a lot. I've written several papers. I've uh, sent some of them to Angela. Uh, I one of my favorite ones is the scam of the legal system, and an, another good one is that dissection and analysis of standing and jurisdiction. Uh, those uh, really uh, put out a lot of information. Well, that sounds very good. Yeah, at least you've dug into it now, right? Yeah. And also wrote another uh, another couple of papers like uh, the holes in the legal system, and uh, the scam of policing, you know. And basically, what I do is I just expose the fraud that all of these various organizations uh, depend upon uh, to earn their daily bread. Uh, and it's just a one big crime uh, everywhere you go. Yeah, it's a big fraud all the way across the board. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I appreciate uh, what you've done and. Uh... That's always good because we always need more people that are willing to look at the truth and expose it and the corruption that goes on so that all the rest uh, of the people out here that are not aware of it uh, can see it and start dealing with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's very good. Well, keep on that path there. And, uh, you know, there's always more adventure for people like us out here, as we know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, some of us are more successful in implementing uh, strategies to uh, take back our own sovereignty than others. But uh, a lot of it uh, has to, you know, and the, the first step is is to get knowledge. Then the second step is is be willing to go out there and, you know, get your block knocked off sometimes, because I certainly have. And, uh, you know, but I was stupid enough to get back up and fight and fight and fight. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, knowledge is power. Knowledge, knowledge is power. I said knowledge is power. There's no two ways about it. If you think that somebody does not else does not know, oh, then you have uh, more power in them. And power is your ability to hold your position in space. Okay. Uh, so when you can uh, defend your position, when you can hold your position, you have more power than the ones who are attacking you. Exactly, exactly. And it's just like, you know, I used to have a lot of fights with cops, and I, and I usually won, except for when there was more, when there was more than 10 of them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just like, uh, and, and in that one case where there was like 10 or more, you know, it's just like I ended up where I couldn't walk for about six months because they, they screwed me up so much, you know, but uh, they didn't break anything. It just, you know, they, they gave me the knee dive, you know, bend your knee and then, you know, land on the guy somewhere, you know, on his legs, on his back, on his arm, on his head. 
Right. You've seen that a lot on those YouTubes, right? But uh, that happened to me. And, you know, I just kept on getting up, man. I was just like, told him, look, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to give in, you know. And uh, never did, you know. So. <laughs> uh, did you ever hear of about a guy named uh, Frank Pepper, P-E-P-E-R? No. It, it rings the bell, but uh, do you have a, share, a story? To uh, no, well, a friend of mine was telling me about this guy. Uh, this happened up in the uh, uh, Visalia area, I think it was, uh, somewhere up there. Uh, anyway, this uh, guy, Frank Pepper, uh, he was uh, being harassed by some cop, and so uh, he filed a lawsuit against him in his personal capacity uh, and showed that uh, he was uh, violating his rights and he had no jurisdiction, et cetera, et cetera, and he gave uh, uh, 30 days to respond. Well, uh, the cop, he took this lawsuit uh, to his uh, favorite local attorney or, or whomever, uh, police union, I don't know who, uh, anyway, and the guy says, well, yeah, he's got you dead to rights uh, because I guess he'd been informed that he didn't have any contracts with the state, and uh, so the guy, uh, uh, he couldn't respond without admitting that he was guilty. Uh, so after 30 days, it goes into default, and uh, Frank could sue this guy for a uh, million dollars. Well, that guy, cop's not going to be able to sc uh, um, scrape up a million bucks to pay this off. Uh, so uh, Frank, what he would do was every year after that, he'd send the guy a 1099 with a forgiveness of debt letter of $10,000. Now, to the IRS, forgiveness of debt is the same thing as income. Okay. Right. So now, yeah. So now this guy had to pay income tax on ten thousand dollars that he never earned, and so he did this every yeah. single year, every year, uh, ten ninety nine with a letter of forgiveness of debt for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't that, totally bankrupt him, but boy, it sure impacts his life. You know. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there was uh, less parties, less less uh, uh, excursions for vacations and uh, Christmas presents and, uh, you know, uh, less privilege for the kids, right, if you had any, yeah. right? Yeah. So, see, that's one way of getting back at cops, too, you know, and it's like uh, – and, and that's essentially kind of the, what I did. It's like I always got into it with – I don't care if I win, lose, or draw. So long as I make that guy pay several hundred thousand dollars, his wife thinks he's an asshole, asshole and, a, and a fucking criminal. <laughs> They're you know, criminals. And, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, They're yeah, criminals with yeah, the gun and the badge. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like it went from that to, uh, you know, me me figuring out the process so well that I could take other people after that in the court and get judgments against them, you know, and it's like, that was beautiful, you know, but, uh, you know, I screwed several people up on that and, uh, you know, they never liked it. And, uh, it was good enough for, you know, to, to, to get it like that. And it's like, you know, judges don't, you know, it's like when you go into these courts, you have an absolute right as a plaintiff, as a claimant under the common law, to sign a judgment against the guy, but judges don't like that because that removes all the power from them, right? Right. So, you know, if you're willing and uh, you're stupid enough like I was, uh, you know, you know, it's like uh, the judge would uh, try to get me in there and uh, show cause why I shouldn't be in contempt. Well, I sent him a letter and uh, directly to him, and I pointed out all the uh, – the violations of the case that he did all the way down the line, starting with his oath of office all the way forward, tampering with the jury, 
tampering with evidence, you know, not allowing testimony, <laughs> you know, uh, when it said that uh, they were supposed to do something under the rule that, that, that the clerk or the, the judge must do something, that's mandatory language, and they didn't do it. I, I nailed them down all on that. That guy gave up. He actually got jumped off the bench because of me. And I figured, well, that's good, you know. <laughs> that's but, that's uh, mainly what I try to educate people on is the fact that the legal system violates its very own precepts for existing in the first place. They commit crimes against us. They steal our property, our time, our wealth. They, they kill people. Uh, everything the legal system does against us is actually what the legal system is supposed to be in uh, in existence to prevent, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. And you, know, you wouldn't believe how many people just cannot get grasp that concept. They just don't understand it. I, and I show I show them right there in Black's Law Dictionary. I say, look, this is a crime for you to commit a fraud upon me or anybody else. How can the courts get away with it? How can all these actors, agents, and operators of the legal system uh, get this immunity to commit crimes against us? Right, See? right, right. Yeah. Isn't it? Was well, it one of the maxims that nobody is above the law? But yeah, here these actors, agents, and operators in the legal system seem to be above the law because they're committing well, crimes. Well, that, that, that nobody's above the law is, is a fallacy, too, because the sovereign is above the law even though he's got responsibilities. You know, So it's like if, if you take on that mantle, then you have certain responsibilities that you have to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, and it's like with the public servants, you know, they take on – they take our seat, but then they don't want to be responsible about exercising it properly. And that's when they get in trouble. And see, we, we had the fourth branch of government. Do you know what the fourth branch of government is? Yeah, we the people. Okay, and, and how is it exercised? <clears throat> uh, well, it's exercised by us uh, standing up for our rights. And, uh, okay, and holding, well, there's several ways. And holding these uh, servants, these public servants, to account. <clears throat> right, but how do we do that? Number one, uh, you know, we 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 grant our consent to things, and number two, we form grand juries to indict these people. That's our fourth branch of government is that power of indictment. Okay, and uh, the thing is, is he can go on talk show, and there's, uh, I think, uh, Los Angeles grand jury, and there's a talk show there that I set up for every county. And if we can get some people that are interested in uh, having some bollocks, uh, you know, we might be able to uh, get some going here. Yeah. Uh, with the proper training, of course, ahead of time. Yeah. So, well, what do you think about this, Kevin? Uh, here's what I'm contemplating. I've not uh, put any of these words down to paper yet, uh, but um, what I'm contemplating doing is writing uh, letters. Uh, 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 notices, I used to might call them. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what to call it, uh, constructive notice or something like that. Anyway, what I'm going to do uh, is inform everybody from this so-called Supreme Court all the way down uh, the line that uh, I am onto their scams, that I uh, have uh, finally educated myself enough to see that they are committing crimes against humanity, and where do they get the uh, power and authority and the jurisdiction to commit these crimes upon us? See, uh, I want to be the guy who breaks the legal system wide open. We need to well, get. Well, you're one of the many guys that wants to. <laughs> I've known <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's more than well, one. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what my intent was. So, you know, when I started out on this, it's just like, uh, you know, for me, it's just like I wanted to headbang everybody, and I did. I banged a lot of heads. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's like I, I took it from the fists and, the, and, and use of the body, you know, beating them up to uh, learning the legal system and uh, hurting them that way, and it's uh, much more effective. <laughs> exactly. Plus, you know, because uh, it hurts them a lot more if they have to spend money. Yeah, you hit them in their wallet, in their pocketbook. Well, the thing is, is like, you know, most people they figured, well, you know, I called, uh, you know, I never met Johnny's wife, and I called Johnny's wife when I met him and Johnny, her and Johnny and his wife over at the so-and-so place, and, uh, you know, I was joking that uh, his wife is nothing but a big fat whore, and, uh, you know, she plucks every guy on the block, and I got my my life punched out. <laughs> well, I deserved that one, right? Because, <laughs> you know, unless I met her as a whore before he married her, uh, you know, I had no right to really mention a thing like that, right? I mean, that's an example of stepping out of line and getting your, your you know, your lights knocked out for a while, you know, and realizing, yeah, I guess I stepped over the line because I called her a whore, you know, <laughs> and that wasn't the truth. So, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, you know what I mean by that, but, uh, you know what, GGG555 wants you, to, wants you to define your definition of subject matter jurisdiction, <clears throat> if you would be so kind. Okay, uh, well, subject matter jurisdiction, okay. Let's take, uh, subject matter jurisdiction depends on a lot of different things. Um, if you're going to federal court, um, and let's say that you have a patent that you got granted by the United States Patent Office, or you had a United States patent, and somebody's infringing on your patent rights, you go and look into the Constitution to see uh, how the legislature, uh, what, what rights the legislature granted the courts to hear certain types of cases, okay? Um, <clears throat> Under uh, the legislative uh, uh, acts, I think it's Article One of the Federal Constitution, says that they grant power and uh, common law and uh, maritime and uh, for patents uh, for people uh, and, a, and a whole host of other things. So if it says in the Constitution that they granted the legislature and the courts, they granted to the legislature the right to make a law regarding what courts, uh, court uh, cases the court can hear, then you've got it. Uh, okay, so for example, um, I was helping a guy uh, with a patent case, and uh, the federal court said, we don't have any jurisdiction over patent cases. And I looked up Article 1, Section 17, Clause, what, at 12 or something like that. I don't remember now. And said, so, well, here it says right here in the federal constitution that you do have it, you know. <laughs> well, they dismissed the case on us anyway, so we were filing another one now, you know. So, little assholes, you know, for deprivation of rights and uh, obstruction of justice, you know. So, you, you know, you got to first look to what the state constitution say about uh, what the jurisdiction of the court has, and then you just go and operate your case like that, okay? 
for example, um, the only um, jurisdiction a cop has for pulling a vehicle over that's operating in commerce is if it's actually transporting for any fair fee rate or uh, you know, compensation persons or property. So in, in essence, um, like subject matter jurisdiction for a cop would be that the DMV would have to delegate Where'd you go? Uh, uh, rant, uh, Kevin. <laughs> I think we lost him. He's no longer on the call. Oh, we lost him. His battery probably died out. Well, we'll give him a few minutes. If he doesn't come back, I guess we can close out the call. It's after eight anyway. I mean, we've done our two hours. But That's I a good call, Angela. Thank you, Randy. I, I like when he comes on. I used to have him on a long time ago, but his I don't know, his mic was so harsh it was, it hurt my ears. And I told him he couldn't come on again until he got a new mic. But he did. <laughs> so Yeah, I'd like to anyway. spend our time uh, talking with him going over some of the data that I have in my papers that I noticed. Uh, another one uh, that I uh, would like for him to read is uh, any person subject to because whenever a law starts out, any person subject to, well, what is the definition of person that they're using there? Right, right. Why, why don't these laws say any man or woman? Because they don't want to. Yeah, yeah because it would uh, tip the scale uh, uh, in you? our favor. What? Who uh, is who that? What? That's yeah, Randy. That's Randy. Hi. Oh, Randy? Yeah, does ML here. Uh, you have a show yourself? No. Uh, not, no yet. <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. I'm too yeah. busy. Always twisting wrenches. I got my friend's uh, truck. Uh, he's going to be bringing it over in the morning. He's got a blown head gasket, and so i got to do oh, some work on that. And Yeah, I'm just so busy with stuff. And my friend's Mercedes, and then she's got a Harley that I need to work on after I get her Mercedes going, and it just never ends. Well, you know, it's nice to be in demand. <laughs> yeah. Nice I'm busier now, it seems. Yeah, I'm busier now, it seems, than when I work for Edison. <laughs> yeah. I don't a get a time ago. paycheck. Yeah. Yeah, hey, let me see if I can get... Oh, shoot. My, my cell phone. Oh, ML here. Uh, yeah. Huh? What? Yeah, ML here, he said, can we get Randy's contact info? I put my email address oh, in yeah. the thing uh, earlier. Yep. Oh, here. Let me try to contact him here on myself. Hold on. Yeah, the biggest thing is stop acting like slaves. Stop acting like slaves. And yeah. Quit being programmed. Oh, people, they like those gold-plated iron chains around their ankles. They think yep. they're so, so chic and so sexy, they just don't want to give them up. Exactly. That's why they have these bracelets and such. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, he got disconnected, oh, but he's calling. He's going to call back in. So go ahead. I'm sorry. We'll I'm wait. Program television and all the other programs, and you start seeing things differently. So, uh, first things. Yeah. Knowing how. 
how much of a slave you are. Get rid of that. Well, there's no such thing as a part-time slave. Exactly. You don't take your chains off and hang them up on the hook uh, on Friday night and go out, you know, and then come back Monday morning and put your chains back on. It doesn't work that way. If you're a slave, you're a slave. If you're a free man, you're a free man or woman. I hope he remembers to press. Harley, buddy. Store two. Off of not being programmed by television, any other under the way. Yeah, there's a, there's a reason why they call it programming on the TVs. They're programming. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And throw away your televisions. See the difference. <laughs> I might get a couple, couple months. I haven't seen television probably in 20, 30 years. Oh. I sometimes like to watch how it's made and stuff like that because I'm a real technoid. I refer to myself as a gear-headed technoid. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can use it. Once you get out, once you can come back and use it to your advantage. Hello? No, my call ID, my call ID is 39904. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. Make sure you press star two to put your hand up so I can see you when you get on. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, don't, I didn't remember. I mean, I don't remember that. So cool. Okay, okay bye. <laughs> he ran off some number I never heard of. I don't know how that happened. Oh, well. <laughs> He's trying to come back. We're going to have to wrap it up pretty soon, though. About 15 more minutes. But uh, that's a very cool site, Great Gazoo. He's, uh, he's got a new, he's, he created a channel for people to go and meet after our calls. It's called discordapp.com. I don't know if he wants, wait. Um, <laughs> Did you want to share the link, Great Gazoo, or what? Uh, I don't know. Let me see what. Uh, hold on. Oh my God, I have so many. I have so many browsers open. It's ridiculous. I can't even tell where I'm. What's what? <laughs> oh, Mamma Mia. Okay, there it is. Okay. <sighs> there is the link. Oh, okay. He put the link in the chat. It's discord.gg forward slash jh capital M little T is in Tom capital B little R. I don't know if it matters if you say capitals or not. Discord.gg forward slash jhmtbr. And, uh, that's a nice looking chat. I guess you could get on the phone here. He's got, boy, there's like three or four voice chat lines and you can speak to up to 199 people I think he said and I'm on there Tom Jones just joined everyone looks busy okay hi <laughs> welcome that's great kazoo anyway uh, we're waiting let me go back to the <laughs> I gotta get um, 
Kevin. Kevin back on, yeah. Let me go. Okay, let me go. There. There. There he is. There you are. Welcome back. I think back. my phone. Uh, I think the my phone timed out after two hours. <laughs> yeah. So but, that's uh, anyway, enough for uh, you. <laughs> that's enough. But for anyway, me. no. I okay, said that thanks, was your Mom. phone. <laughs> that's enough for you too. <laughs> that's what your phone was saying. But anyway, yeah. um, continue on. We can go for another fifteen minutes if you want. Yeah, we can go. Yeah. Anybody have anything else to uh, contribute? I don't know. Anybody? You've all, everybody that had their hand up is still unmuted. So, um, I don't know. Nobody interested in saying anything or chiming in. Well, do we, oh, do gotta, we have anybody I, that I've, I've got, loves Trump uh, on this phone? <laughs> loves Trump? Yeah. Uh, do any? Do we have anybody that hates Hillary or loves Hillary on the phone? No. Oh, do we have anybody? They're all the same. <laughs> I, I don't care. Trump is just another one of their paid spokespersons. I'm sorry. He hasn't done a damn thing. I want to see him well, get rid of the Patriot Act. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice, and and a few thousand other uh, yeah. uh, executive orders as well. Steady. You know, he, he seems he seems yeah. too busy on Twitter and and ch chatting. Uh, he's like a little kid. I don't know. Call me crazy. I've been waiting for him to do something. He hasn't done anything yet. So, <sighs> yeah. Well, the less a politician does, the better for me. All I know is Kissinger loves him, so I don't. I have doubts now, you know. I'm yeah. sorry. <clears throat> but anyway, why? What do you have to say about it, Kevin? What do I have to say? Yeah, do you love him or hate him? Or uh, what's your well, opinion? I like it that uh, he's looking uh, like he, he pulled us out of that Paris uh, Accord stuff with uh, that so-called climate uh, you know, uh, global warming and all that. Yeah, stuff. but it didn't change a damn thing. I know. Well, the thing is, is that uh, here's the thing with that. Uh, God bless you, whoever that was. Go ahead. Well, that was me, sorry. Here's, here's the deal about uh, the, those treaties. We did not authorize uh, to get into the small arms treaty. We did not authorize them to uh, go into the Global Warming Treaty, NAFTA, or any of those other that. Uh, you know, and it's like uh, a lot of us were very saddened when they just did it without asking us whether we wanted it or not, you know. So it's, uh, you know, it's another part of the fraud that we're talking about, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, so... <laughs> They do whatever they want. It's all talk. Yak, yak, yak. You know, it's a distraction. People watch it on the news, on TV. They think it's real. You know, it's all fake. It's all BS. They're right now doing a Bilderberg somewhere. Right now. They're having a Bilderberg conference. And uh, uh, Trump's son-in-law is there. Kushner. I mean, so, you know, I don't think they would have invited him. If he was really, you know, on our side. Let me put it that way. 
Yeah, it does look a little uh, sketchy. Yeah, well. Unless they're trying to curry favor so that their heads don't wind up on the chopping block before everybody else's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't trust any of them. Anybody, if they call themselves a politician or they're in Washington, D.C., they might be okay for the first five minutes, <laughs> but then they get tainted. They get bought and paid for by the, the people that print the money make the rules, and they're the ones that pull the strings and don't forget it. And that's all I have to say on the subject. Okay, so should we wrap it up or what? Where did he go? Where did where where did Kevin go? We lost Kevin again. Oh my God. Um. <clears throat> well, we have some hands up here. Let's see here, there's Kevin. Okay, what happened? Again, yeah, I got connected. Yep. See, they don't like you. They boot you off. <laughs> yeah, they don't like me, do they? Uh, you know, I guess when I started talking about the, the queers and all the homos, everybody jumped off the line, too. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Got another hand up here, 574. You've been unmuted. Do you have a question? 574. Do you have a mute button on your phone, perhaps? I don't know. 574. I don't know. You've been unmuted. Okay. Well, all right. When you want to come on, uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say either. Uh, I mean, we're getting well. kind of close to the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> 719. Okay. 424. There you go, 424. You've been unmuted. Is that me again? That's you again. Oh, okay. No, uh, I just want to ask. Well, there's a lot of stuff happening. I just want to express some stuff for you. You're going to have a lot of whiteouts or brownouts coming in, and a lot of people are getting arrested. See that coming in right now. Um, especially in L.A. I miss L.A. I'm not in L.A. right now, so. Where are you? It's in Arizona, close okay. to the border. Yeah, there's a lot okay. of wild stuff. So, yeah. So, just to let you know, have water, have food. Okay? I was watching that show on HBO called Chernobyl. I have you seen it? Yeah. Well, and then I think about how in California we have nuclear power plants down in San Diego, San Onofre, and then up the coast, the north, we have Diablo Canyon, or Diablo Nuclear Power Plant. Why do we have two nuclear power plants on the San Andreas Fault Line? And there's only, well, there's several reasons, but the thing I think of is that if they want to get rid of, you know, what is it, 35 million people in one fell swoop, all they got to do is melt those down and that's done. They don't have to go to war. They don't have to spray us. They don't need to, you know, sp send a b virus. They could just nuke us. 35 million people and more, actually, because down south, they'd cover part of Mexico. And up north, they would cover, well, besides San Francisco, you got Oregon, Washington State, and then all the blowback, the, or not blowback, the uh, 
the smoke that would go across the United States. I mean, uh, why do we have a nuclear power plant when we can have solar and wind turbine and all that kind of stuff? Why? This shit is crazy. Nuclear power well, is like the, poison. To, the, it's poison the whole the thing is, is that we you have technology. We, 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 have, we have technology where they can frack water and take the hydrogen molecule off there and run cars, too, and generators and everything else. Which the reason for Stan, Myers, Stan Myers perfected that technology, and they killed him. So anyway, yep. uh, go ahead. What do you have to say about it? Well, the reason for nuclear is, uh, well, the secret to Chernobyl was that they, the Russians found out that you can turn uh, lead into gold. All the lead, all the lead uh, casing was being turned into gold. And that should tell you a lot why they have nuclear power plants. Uh, no. uh, I, I don't know about well, that. Where's the proof of that? I don't know about uh, that either. That sounds kind of fishy. I think, uh, it was Google, like Google Russian scientists uh, find um, Chernobyl turn into gold, but don't do okay. it in Google. Do Google ru dot ru. That's the Russian. Well, you know that's a. That's just like saying that a, a woman can get pregnant by jumping in a hot water bath, you know? <laughs> you might find that that might be true. All right. Well, yeah, let's well, end it on that note, everybody. It's late. It's 8.30. Actually, it's 8.28. But, uh, okay. Thank you very much, and uh, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I was, Yeah. Well, you know what, Kevin? Let's tell them one more time your show's on Wednesday at 6.30. And the call ID is, what is it? That one is, um, oh, heck, uh, let's see. Here, I got it. 413-2728. There you go. That's the one. Yeah. 413 Okay, that's uh, Kevin's new call. It's on Wednesdays at 6.30 Pacific Time, 9.30 Eastern. And uh, okay. we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get Batman on the call next Thursday. Should make it interesting. All right, everybody. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Randy. Everybody that was on the call, Greg Gazoo, Gigi, everybody. It's been fun. Um, it sure has, and thank you again. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take care of each other. I love you, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.